Hi, Drew Zagorski here, and I got two words for you, direct mail. To a business owner, those are two of the scariest words in the universe because they only bring to mind big dollar signs, little return on investment. Well, there's a better way to reach and stay in front of engage your customers, prospects, and cohorts. Now, here's two more words, constant contact. Yep, I've used them for years for my businesses, and the bottom line is this. It works. In fact, if you go to you don't say.net, you can sign up for my email and you'll never miss another episode of You Don't Say. For pennies per contact as compared to direct mail, I can reach and connect with up to 500 contacts. Yep, 500 contacts for as little as 20 bucks a month. Constant Contact provides powerful email tools that include a library of awesome design templates, list management and reporting, event management, polls, and more, as well as a website builder with e-commerce capabilities. So, if you're looking for a way to stay in front of your audience, Constant Contact is everything you need. And here, I'll make it easy for you to find them. Simply go to bit.ly forward slash YDS stories. Again, that's bit.ly forward slash YDS Stories to start your free trial account today. Is your business suffering from so what syndrome? When you look at your branding and be honest with yourself, does it fall flat? What you really want is for people who encounter your business to say, aha, you don't say, and be compelled to click that button or pick up the phone. If you're ready to become an aha brand, give Left Brain Right Brain Marketing a call at 503 503- or check us out online at lbrbm.com. This is Drew Zagorski. You're listening to You Don't Say. Thanks for that. And don't forget to follow and review us wherever you listen to podcasts or at youdontsay.net and share with family, friends, and everyone else you know. So here's the story. Back in 1829 or 30, a town in central Illinois was surveyed and laid out by a fellow named William Hodge. Legend has it that his wife named the town Pekin because it was, give or take, on the opposite side of the globe from Peking, China, or so she figured. But why Pekin and not Peking? There's no documentation on the answer to that deep question. I can only speculate, having grown up in Chicago, that maybe it was the local dialect where G's and T-H's are often lopped off words ending with it. Or should I say, ending with it. Anyway, jump ahead to the 20th century. The town, for nearly a hundred years, was very proud of the association with Peking and China. They had a local theater decorated as a Chinese pagoda, and several local businesses used Chinese-style script, or Hanzi, in their logos and window graphics. Their local baseball team was named the Celestials. Pekin's high school team was also using the Celestials for their mascot name. Then around 1929, they began considering name changes for the high school mascot. Among the contenders were the Robots and the Reds. Eventually, in 1930, they landed on, wait for it, the Chinks. That's what I said. The high school's team name was the Pekin Chinks, and the mascot slash logo was a pudgy Chinaman with a smile and a pillbox-style hat. A dragon was also used. They would hit a gong every time a touchdown was scored. And at halftime of games, a chink and a smaller chinkette, their names for the mascots, not mine, would come out with silk jackets and paddy hats and bow to the opponent's mascot. This really happened. In the 1960s, Pekin won a couple state basketball championships. That gave them a notoriety they hadn't experienced before. 
they were now on the radar to the larger world outside the town's limits. In the early 70s, they started to receive criticism from civil rights and religious and cultural groups, including, of course, Chinese Americans, who visited the school to talk about the meaning of the slur. Well, the students pushed back, saying they only used the nickname with love, respect, and pride. We've heard that one recently, right? The Chamber of Commerce issued a statement to the effect that they were upset that the word chink was considered derogatory. Pekin's mayor proclaimed the word was a tribute to China. And then taking the only mature path available, the adults ceded the decision on a name change to the students, who overwhelmingly voted to keep it. A few years later, in 1980, the new school superintendent, James Elliott, changed the mascot's name to Dragons. The teachers got on board. The students were pissed. They protested and petitioned to restore the old name. They even threatened to boycott all sporting events. Superintendent Elliott didn't back down. The students wore the dragon's name on their jerseys, and sports attendance didn't drop a bit. So this is all to illustrate the point of this episode. Racially insensitive, politically incorrect, and historically accurate sports team names have been around for a long time, and this current wave of upset over them is nothing new. Now, please understand, I'm not saying it isn't justified. That's not my point at all. I believe the Redskins is a pretty racisty name for any team. That said, I think sometimes we Americans seek out things to get upset about. I mean, there's a reason the term virtue signaler has been added to the dictionary. Okay, now hold on and take a breath. I'm not saying the Redskins team name doesn't need to change. It needs to be worked out. My hope is that if the ownership wants to keep the name representing Native Americans, that they engage with them to land on a strong one. And that being said... We can't forget that there actually were some Native Americans who really didn't have a problem with the original name. Really, it's true. A 2016 Washington Post poll of Native Americans indicated that 90% were okay with the name. A more recent 2020 study by the University of Michigan polled 1,000 Native Americans, and only about half were offended by the name. More offensive was the use of the tomahawk chop, 65%, and 73% found fans doing Native American dances out of bounds. So, okay, there's that. I can never, and I mean N-E-V-E-R, never, all caps, understand and empathize with what Native Americans feel on this any more than I can with how black Americans or LGBTQIA people feel about things that are aimed at them. I can sympathize with them, support them, and work to educate myself and be the best ally I can, though. I'm trying. The only other thing I can say is this, and please, again, don't get upset and read into anything that I'm equating my own experience or those of my ancestors with those of the aforementioned groups or any group. This is just me, a sample of one. I'm of Polish ancestry. Now, the Poles have been pretty heinously treated by their neighbors to the east and west throughout history, genocide included. But Polish jokes don't offend me. To me, most of them are kind of funny if they don't make me laugh out loud. Being called a Polak doesn't offend me either. In fact, I wear that as a badge. The indomitable Polish spirit was imbued in me even though I'm generations removed from the old country. I'm proud of my Polish roots just as anyone would be proud of their family's roots. Maybe unless your grandfather's last name was Hitler or Schickelgruber or something like that. And now, now that I've got this staging done... Here's what went down a couple weeks ago that's led to this podcast on sports team names. A friend made a comment to me about the renaming of the Washington football team. He's nowhere near politically correct on a lot of things. He has an issue with Washington changing their name. 
He said, what's the big deal? It's just a football name. Now, mind you, this friend like me has grown up in Caucasian skin and has lived, like me, a privileged life. Anyway, I laughed when I read his text message. If he's nothing else, he's consistent. We enjoy sparring on politics and issues, so I engaged tongue-in-cheek along those lines. Hoping to diffuse his mindset with some humor, I did an equal opportunity skewering of team names, sharing a bit of history that can be tied to them. And here, I'll also add my suggestions for new team names. So anyway, the Washington football team. Wouldn't it be more appropriate to call them the Washington Swamp Rats? I mean, if a team represents a city, you know. And how about the Steelers? Andrew Carnegie underpaid and overworked his employees and didn't give a rat's ass about their safety. Maybe the Pittsburgh Mesotheliites would be more accurate. They could raise awareness of the condition and give a portion of revenue to that cause. The New York and San Francisco Giants. People who suffer from acromegaly live lives of horrible pain and suffering. No need to make it worse by making light of their condition. Nobody suffering from that disease would be able to play a sport without severe complications. Look at how beat down and hobbled Andre the Giant was after years of pro wrestling. For the football giants, how about the New York Rutherford, since that's where they actually play? And for San Francisco, how about the hippies? Though, okay, maybe hippies would be offended, so maybe not. How about the Frisco Bay Sharks? Jets spew harmful vapors in their trail while sucking up fossil fuel. So how about the New York carpetbaggers since, well, the same as the football giants. They say they're from New York, but they both play in Jersey. Or the Patriots, who, let's be honest, most were slaveholders and did nothing to abolish the practice at the birth of the nation. Plus, they claim an entire region of the country by going with New England. But isn't that like a patriot taking land from aboriginal people and then revolting against the colonial government because they didn't like the taxes? How about limiting that team to pick a city or state? Let's call them the Foxborough Shavers, a nod of the team owner. They could sell beers in packs of four and overcharge for them. And then outside the stadium, the Dollar Beer Club could set up a stand. And then the Chiefs, who committed genocide against opposing tribes. And the Braves, Indians, and Blackhawks. While not all of them were warrior nations, several Native American nations prided themselves on the warrior traditions, which included wiping out other nations, as well as kidnapping, raping, pillaging, and plundering. They all had their things, but the Comanches were known for burying captives up to their necks and cutting off their eyelids so their eyes would be seared by the sun and wind and sand before they starved to death. And that type of thing happened all before Europeans hit the shores of North America. Now, mind you, I'm not denying or exonerating what the Euros slash Americans did. Not at all. It was criminal and grotesque. I'm just saying that people of this planet have invented ways to annihilate, torture, and minimize one another since we crawled out of the sludge. Anywho, how about the Kansas City Mochas or Camos since they can't decide which state they want to belong to? Then the Atlanta Peaches, the Cleveland Rockers, and the Chicago Dogs. And along these same lines, the Golden State Warriors. Love the warrior, not the war, right? But first, isn't that a not-so-good image? I mean, what warriors do to people in countries, and why Golden State? Why not Oakland? That's where they play, right? So how about the Oakland Hammers after the town spokesperson, MC? Or maybe Townies? But of course, Bostonians would probably claim cultural appropriation, so maybe just stick with the Hammers. The Raiders, Buccaneers, and Pirates were all about raping and pillaging, too. And also human trafficking and slavery, so maybe better for the Vegas team to be called the Aces. Tampa Bay can go by the Skeeters, and Pittsburgh would be the Ruffed Grouse. Texans stole the land of the Mexicans and other natives, and yeah, that Indian killing thing too. Cowboys ditto, as well as torturing poor animals by pressing red-hot irons into their tushies. 
I think better to be called the usurpers and the coiffures. Have you ever seen the hairdos in Dallas? Take a trip. It'll make sense. The Vikings are kind of like the Raiders, Bucks, and Pirates. They also raped and pillaged and also did blood sacrifices. A softer, kinder name might be the Minnesota Companions. Garrison would like that, plus he'd clean up on royalties. And the Packers, who, well, just because they're the Packers. As a Bear fan, I don't have anything better to offer that wouldn't be really super offensive in the extreme. Then there's the Yankees. Same deal as the Patriots, but the Yankees spoke out of both sides of their mouth on slavery by banning the practice, but treating black people as second-class citizens. Plus, the states of Maryland, Delaware, Missouri, and Kentucky were all slave states during the Civil War. How about the New York empires? Wait, that's not good. Never met a good imperialist. So how about the New York newts? Now let's talk about royalty. The Kansas City Royals, Sacramento, and L.A. Kings. Pick any royal family, and you'll find volumes on how they fucked over their subjects. They grab real estate owned by other peoples as they build their empires. And those takeovers have rarely been benevolent. Then they treat those native people as second-class citizens if they treat them as citizens at all. Kings regularly beheaded their rivals and sometimes even their wives when they've had enough of them. And don't forget about their royal affairs while the queen turned her head lest it be lopped off. They hid little kids away in towers when they were inconvenient in the line of succession or may have had a claim on the throne. And when those royals and kings didn't want to literally bloody their hands, they sent out the cavaliers to do the beheading and murder for them. So how about the Kansas City smokers? Um, Wait, no, that'll get confused with cigarette smokers, which isn't PC anymore anyway. So, okay, how about the KC Sunshine? For Sacramento, I'm going with the Farm to Forkers. The L.A. Kings, I'll change to the L.A. Smog, and finally the Cavs would become the Cleveland 216ers. The Mariners brought plagues and, yeah, raping and pillaging to the New World and have fished whales almost to extinction. Would the Seattle Sea Wolves work? A portion of their revenue could go to saving the whales. Now let's talk about the Washington Nationals. I mean, weren't Hitler, Mao, Tojo, Saddam, and others of their stripe all nationalists? Again, like with the football swamp rats, let's rename the team the Washington Grifters. Seems more appropriate. The Milwaukee Brewers. Okay, there's nothing but good about that. No need to change. I think I need to crack open a cold one after this. The Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, I know it's for red stockings, but come on, Reds? Commies? Let's go with the Cincinnati Roses. Yep, I'm going there on this one. Let's rename the team for Charlie Hustle, Pete Rose. He's a guy who, in my opinion, should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, there's gobs of players there who are way more out of bounds than Pete ever was, and certainly a lot of them also bet on the game. Pete never bet against his team. And Ty Cobb, one of the first inductees, was a virulent racist. If he's in, Pete should be in. The guy was a great teammate and a friend for everyone on the team, and I mean everyone, and he still is. So, okay, there's my pitch on Cincy and Pete Rose, baseball's all-time hit leader. The Detroit Red Wings, same idea as the Reds. No pinkos on the ice of the NHL. I go with the Detroit Octopuses, even though it now takes 16 games instead of 8 to win the Cup. If you don't want to go the slimy, rubbery route, how about the Detroit Hybrids as a way to promote those vehicles? When we go down to the farthest reaches of SoCal, we land in San Diego, home of the Padres. Well, since there's a really ugly pedophilia thing connected with Padres and sodomy has a long history in the realm of men of the cloth, it's time to walk away from that moniker. How about the Beach Bums? But... That might be offensive to people living on the beach, so how about the San Diego Seals? You know, you only use a saber for one thing, and it only ends in a violent death for the one on the receiving end of it. 
And why the hell are the Buffalo Sabres called the Sabres when the Buffalo is the prominent thing in their logos? I mean, I know that Sabres are crossed under the image of the beast, but does that mean they're going to whack the poor critter and hack it to death? How about the Buffalo Buffaloes or Buffalo Bison? Drop the sword thing and give the animal a chance. Have you ever seen or heard of a senator or politician that wasn't on a take? And to go back a couple thousand years, didn't a pack of bloodthirsty senators conspire to murder Julius Caesar by stabbing him to death in an orgy of violence? So regardless of the country, the Ottawa senators need a name change. Wouldn't the Ottawa Diefenbunkers be better? The connection to Ottawa there is that's the name of their Cold War Museum. And it's just a fun word to say. I mean, wouldn't it be fun to hear the TV announcers say, your 2021 Stanley Cup champion Diefenbunkers? Devils. Don't devils cause everyone and everything harm? Aren't they what's given us 2020? Now, I can't do a 360 here and go with the New Jersey Saints because that might be too religious for some and ruffle their feathers. So, okay, how about the New Jersey DeVitos? I just think Danny would be the perfect team mascot, and he'd no doubt be into it. The Colorado Avalanche. Are we celebrating a natural phenomenon that wipes out people's homes and has claimed countless lives throughout history? Let's make it something more mellow, like the Colorado cannabis, something they broke ground on the legalization of, after all. Predators. Do I really need to spell it out? So we might as well just name them the Nashville Weinsteins or Bundys, which is pretty much the same thing. Rather than that, Go a little bit more rhythmic and in line with what the city's about. I'm renaming the team the Nashville Troubadours. Oilers despoil natural resources, and especially in the beautiful wilds of Canada, we don't need that. Or really, we don't need it anywhere. The Edmonton hockey team should rename themselves the Vexens, a nasty little skeeter that plagues that city. You might get itchy, but at least the national forests and wildlands will be intact. As we seek out El Dorado, let's focus on the Denver Nuggets and the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I know a nugget of gold or silver in and of itself isn't offensive, but consider the greed and environmental impact of it all. Natural habitats for a whole bushel of critters and plants were destroyed because all that mining releases cyanide, mercury, and all types of toxins into landscapes, water supplies, and more. So it's time to stop celebrating those morons. Denver needs to take on the name of the Denver Blucifers. Now, before you say, hey, Drew, didn't you just knock down the devil thing? Blucifer is a statue of a blue Mustang near Denver's airport. And for you Denver listeners, I know, I know, the statue is supposed to be cursed. But look at it this way. Maybe the teams that come into town will be cursed with losses when they play your cagers. And for San Francisco, how about going with the San Francisco Chocolatiers? Who doesn't love chocolate? Trailblazers gypped the Native Americans in every trade they made with them and brought down the white man's diseases on the Indian nations. And if that wasn't enough, the rush of the whites to the west pushed the indigenous peoples out and into reservations. Finally, they also overhunted the buffalo and covered way too many plots of land with strip malls. There's really no glory in being a trailblazer like that when you think about it. So instead of a group that tortured the land and rolled over the current occupants, let's change the name to something a little bit more local. The Portland Hash Slingers. After all, Portland, Oregon was recently ranked as the best food city in America. So what do you think about these names? Comment and give me your feedback on our social media. Did I miss any? Maybe we should all just file a big class action. This is Drew Zagorski. You're listening to You Don't Say. Peace. Thanks for listening. If you have a story to tell, shoot me an email to info at youdontsay.net. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at YDS Stories. Thanks again, and see you on the next episode.